0: Once again, Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Uh, Sadly, Christmas is a stressful time of year, isn't it? You know it's bad when people are constantly saying stuff now like, well, at least online shopping is making it less stressful, and and thanking God for Amazon and, and things like that. You can't even say Merry Christmas to people anymore because it's not politically correct. Uh, it's not polite in circo- certain uh, circles. But the truth of the matter is if you truly want to have a Merry Christmas, then you must know what is the title of our message tonight The Christmas Child, Prince of Peace. This prince creates peace, he brings peace, he maintains peace. He rules those who are part of his kingdom with peace because the Christmas child is the embodiment of peace. He is God's peace in visible form. So who is this Prince of Peace? Isaiah, over 700 years before Jesus was born, uh, told foolish King Ahaz uh, what to do when he was in trouble, and Ahaz didn't listen and he said this to him Isaiah 7:14 Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign Behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel Well over 700 years later when when Jesus was born Matthew chapter 1 tells us about the birth of Jesus and the angel told Joseph that Mary would have a son Now typically you would expect his name to be uh, Joseph Jr it was not and he was told that his name he was told to name him Jesus which was a very common name at the time which basically means Yahweh saves and the reason because the angel said he will save his people from their sins matthew continues to write matthew 122 and 23 So all this was done that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. That's a line in Matthew's gospel. Matthew's one of Jesus' apostles. He traveled around with him. It's the most Jewish of all the gospels. And and it said, all this was which was fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, and then he quotes Isaiah, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So God will come to us in the person of the Christmas child, not as a terrorizing ruler, but he comes as a babe, bearing joy, peace, and the Hebrew word for peace is the word shalom. Doesn't that word just sound calming? Shalom. Despite what you might think about God, that is good news for now and for all eternity. So how can this one, we talked about him earlier, and we read it in this verse, this mighty God be with us, and at the same time, how can we stand in the grandeur of God, in the holiness of God, and in the power of God? And we said yesterday, and I think it bears repeating, that it's so odd what God did, it's so brilliant what God did, that even if you don't believe, you might have to say, you know what, it might actually be true. Nobody would ever have made something up. The answer is that God was, we are able to stand in the presence of God by God becoming one of us. By God becoming truly human, yet at the same time, always remaining truly God. He will come and he will experience everything we do as humans. He will get hungry. He will get tired. He will work. He will celebrate. He will mourn. Yet all the while he will be perfect. He will get angry when people misrepresent God. In fact, the sin of others will break his heart and the sin of others will even put him on a cross. The Christmas child was and is Emmanuel, God with us. He is Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Christ. And this verse tells us here what he will be like. Again, Isaiah tells us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. So he's a child, he's a man, a son, God's son is given to us by God. He is divine, and the government, the the kingdom, will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called. In our first study, we studied last Sunday, the Sunday before yesterday, was Wonderful Counselor. Also, his name will be called, which we studied yesterday, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, And today, we're going to talk about the Prince of Peace. Now, some people think that sounds inconsistent. I mean, how many names does this guy have? I mean, which name is it? Is it it Emmanuel? Or, or, Or is it Counselor? Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Seems confusing. Some people would say it even seems contradictory. I think maybe some of you moms with multiple children can relate. In my family growing up, we had three kids, and we lived very close to our cousins. They each lived about five minutes away, and each of those families had five kids. We were Irish, so that's, we, had a lot of, we had a lot in our family. And so my mom and my aunt tended to do this thing, which I thought was kind of odd and funny, until we had three of our own kids. And I realized that my own wife did the same thing as well, and some of you moms do it as well. You're upset with one of your kids, but you run through the gambit of all the names. <laughs> right? You just start naming them all. <laughs> right? and, and everybody's like, is she calling me? Is she calling me? And, 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 and in our family, it was not easy, especially for me, because our kids are Ryan, Jessica, and Tim. But my wife is not a particularly good yeller and shouter. So Tim sounds a lot like Jim. So she'd be like, Ryan, got Tim, you know, call it everybody. And I would run too. <laughs> because we didn't know that, like, who she really wanted to talk to. Now, I'm kind of into efficiency. And after years of observing that, I personally kind of think it would be much more efficient if the mother just yelled out, everybody downstairs. And then just strangle the one she's mad at. <laughs> Not only would that be more effective and save everybody time, it would be a great teachable moment for the rest of us to say, we're not going to cross mom. Now, now, men, when you go home, don't suggest that. It's a joke. We're, we're not, we don't, it's like, oh, yeah, Pastor Jim said. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But don't be surprised when it happens in your house. So which name is the name? Well, in the Bible, name expresses the qualities that mark the nature and character of a person. It has to do with the totality of a person. John, uh, the, go- the gospel writer, who also traveled with Jesus, the apostle John, said this, John 12. But as many as received him, that would be the people who put their trust in Jesus and received him as their savior, to them, and the idea is to them and to them only, he gave the right to become children of God. We are not all by birth children of God. We need to become children of God. By putting our trust in Jesus Christ to those who believe or trust in his name. Those who believe or trust in the totality of all of the names of Jesus, who they say, that he, uh, that, that they say that he is. So now here we are. We live in the age of distraction. We live in the age of anxiety. You say, how did this happen? Because we live in the age of the screen God. And if you want to have a Merry Christmas, I'll say it again, in the true meaning of Christmas, you must know the Prince of Peace and you must put your trust in him. Now, for us, peace means something a little bit different. For us, peace kind of means the absence of war. Or maybe you just say, you come home after a hard day's work and you say, I just want some peace. That means you want to be left alone and you don't want any stress. But in in Hebrew thinking, Jesus was Jewish, and the apostles were Jewish, uh, uh, peace really means prosperity, not necessarily in the sense of being wealthy, the way we think of it, but uh, a sense of of being secure, of of tranquility, of of overall well-being in your soul, uh, personal fulfillment, personal satisfaction, it, it, it really means to be whole and to be at peace with God. It is uh, peace or shalom is the realization that you have the favor of God, and that's all because of his uh, initiative of love towards you. Now, now, how did he initiate love towards you? By being visibly seen in the Christmas child, God himself coming to earth, on that first Christmas day. Now, you might be sitting here today saying, well, where is this peace? I, I, don't, I don't really see it, or, or where can I get it? Or how can I get it? In this particular passage, Isaiah had come to King Ahaz at a time of war. Various enemies were threatening his kingdom, the southern kingdom, and it looked like there was no way out for him. So let me ask you a question. Where do you turn for peace? When, when you want to have peace in your life, and I'm not saying it to make anybody feel guilty. It's just a soul-searching thing. It's a great exercise. You know, some people turn to drugs. Some people, alcohol. Some people they start out with just one glass of wine and before they know it, it it's 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 glasses of wine. Just just kind of adding one over time. For some people it's excessive vegging out on the couch. For some people it's excessive video games. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's you just want to just want to pour your whole life into your kids. All you care about is your kids. By the way, someday you'll want to strangle them. Maybe it's your career. You just throw yourself into work. That's what I do. And and I'm just like, I just throw myself into my work. But we could go on and on, but really, none of these things give us lasting peace. Some people, when they have no peace, they just want to be left alone. So they start to avoid people. And yet, if we're not careful, we get into this kind of way of loneliness that we're no longer really able to connect with people anymore. I mean, interestingly enough, we live in a generation now where people have never been more connected than they are right now, and they have never been more lonely. And loneliness produces really dangerous things in us if you're not careful, you can become so lonely and so down on yourself that self-hatred begins to kick in. And when self-hatred becomes to kick in, you are really in a lot of trouble. Please be careful. If Speak to someone, speak to me or someone after the service if that's you. Yet because the Prince of Peace loves you, you can experience his love. And when you experience his love, you can actually begin to love other people. You can can gain a new family. You can become the the family of God. You say, I already have a dysfunctional family, right? Okay, well, now you can have two, right? It's it's okay. Maybe you're walking around with that bitterness in your soul because there's someone in your life you just cannot forgive. But when you have peace with God... You can forgive because you have been forgiven. And so Isaiah came to King Ahaz and and told him that this Christmas child, this Prince of Peace, was his chance for hope and joy and peace in the midst of his anxiety and fear. And Ahaz said, no. He didn't want it. And God's people ended up waiting hundreds of years for the Messiah to come. The the price of rejecting the Prince of Peace was for him and is for everybody no peace. And that for God's people in ancient Israel eventually led them to being exiled into Babylon and then they had to wait for the Messiah. Again, soul-searching, not condemning, very good to to think about such things, is it makes me wonder how many of us here in this room today or how many of the people that we know continue to ignore the Prince of Peace at their own peril. Maybe there's a family member you left home today because they don't want any part of anything anymore because they have no peace in their soul They lack the peace and joy that God wants them to have. Certainly for all of us, in the midst of all of the noise of Christmas, it's easy to miss the Christmas child. It's easy to miss his peace. That's why we must consciously look and turn our hearts to Jesus. We have to look to him, focus on him, because other than that, we get absorbed in everything that's going on. Isaiah was saying to all of us that the Christmas child, uh, not only does he provide peace, he is peace himself. He provides a calmness, a stability, a quiet safety to those who trust in him and follow after him. Instead of a restless and confused life, Jesus offers the peace of a clear and clean conscience before God. Isaiah would put it this way later on in his prophecy, Isaiah 26.3. He says, you, talking to God, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You say, what does it mean a mind stayed on him? It means a mind that is dependent upon God. It means a mind that is focused upon God, that is, that is running every situation of life through the, through the category of, I know that this does not look good now, but I know that you are the Prince of Peace, and I know that you have promised me because I have trusted in you, and I'm going to trust in you now, that someday I will realize your peace. So how amazing is this Prince of Peace? Well, it goes something like this. God created mankind and gave us a few rules, and we disobeyed all of them except one. He told us to be fruitful and multiply. That's the only one we obeyed. (laughs) The rest we just kind of did whatever. So we have sinned against the laws of the kingdom. So what did he do? He came to our kingdom. He came to earth. He lived a perfect life in your place and in my place. He died a sinner's death on the cross for the punishment for our sins in your place and in my place. I mean, even as Jesus presents himself to his heavenly father as the perfect sacrifice for our sins on the cross, he prays for those who crucify him. Father, forgive them, for they do not what they do. And the scripture teaches that Jesus today, even at this day, in this moment, still prays for those who put their trust in him. So how humble is this Prince of Peace? Not only is he the mighty creator, but he was born in a manger. Now, a lot of us, that sounds, oh, that sounds so nice. All right, I grew up across the street from a horse farm. It was a feeding trough. It's what you put the slop in so, that, so the animals could come and eat. And that's how humble he was, for there was no room for him at the inn. He dies on a cross, the most shameful of deaths known in the first century. Kind of the equivalent of, of ours of being put in front of a firing squad or, or, or you know, a gas chamber or something like that. Why does he do all of this? Why would he leave heaven where he was glorified to come to earth where he was treated like garbage? All to bring us to God. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. tells us about the most important piece of all. He says, Therefore, having been justified by faith... What, what, what does that mean? Followers of Jesus have been declared righteous in the sight of God... And they will not be punished for their sins. Why? Because uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago. It's called double imputation. Our sins are placed on when we put our trust in Jesus. You can know that your sins have been placed upon Jesus and his perfect righteousness has then been credited to your account. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, So not only are we not automatically born children of God, The scripture teaches that without faith and trust in Jesus Christ, we don't have peace with God. Why? Because we have declared war, if you will, upon the laws of the kingdom. Verse 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope, in the hope of the glory of God. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7, the next verse goes on to say, the increase of his government, again, the government of the kingdom, and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We are guaranteed that God will make this happen. So if the Prince of Peace's kingdom of peace is eternal, then what does that tell us about the Prince of Peace? He is still alive. He rose from the dead. And our peace then with God is still in existence and is then eternal. In that sense, the peace we sing of at Christmas, the peace that the Christmas child brings has only just begun. This is the triumph of what we call grace, to be experienced by all who put their trust In the Christmas child in the manger who grew up to be the king on a cross. But let me say this to all of you, please. Don't wait too long. Wasn't last year's Christmas just yesterday? Doesn't it seem like it's always Christmas? (laughs) Just when you're over the rush of Christmas, it's Thanksgiving. And it's time to start again. And each Christmas sadly reminds us of loved ones who it seemed like we had such a short time with. And they are now gone. Life is going so fast, isn't it? It's just whizzing by. So don't wait. Don't wait at all. And don't forget Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful. He is indeed Wonderful. Counselor, very interesting, also the name that we call the Holy Spirit. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, also the name we call God the Father. Prince of Peace, the name of Jesus The mighty God visited the earth clothed in the skin of a child with the wisdom and the power and the humility of the Holy Trinity of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. At the Last Supper, Jerusalem was in an uproar over the prophet from Nazareth who had come in. And people were looking for Jesus, and they had the Last Supper of Jesus and the Apostles. And Jesus said this, John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. It's a different kind of peace. It's the only kind of peace that you can experience by putting your trust in Christ initially, but then continually throughout your day, each and every day, continuing to put your trust in Christ So it's a different kind of peace. And then Jesus went on and said, let let, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So let me ask you, friend, do you want that kind of peace? Do you want to stop being afraid? The Christmas child offers it to you. Turn to him. Put your trust in him. You'll never forget this Christmas. This will be the greatest Christmas ever that you will remember for all of eternity. Because the reality is, if you truly want to have a Merry Christmas, in the true meaning of Christmas, you must know the Christmas child, the Prince of Peace. And you can know his peace, and you can know him personally by trusting in him to get you to glory instead of trusting in yourself. Well, let's pray.